Hello investors, I hope everybody is doing well, staying healthy out there, and uh, my apologies on not getting an episode out last week like I had planned on Sunday, um, and then this Sunday because my computer had a malfunction, and the, the plan is to have one, an update, no matter how brief it is, every Sunday from now on, Sunday evening, that'll allow us to talk about some things before the trading week instead of in the middle and yeah hopefully you find this helpful obviously the markets have not been doing particularly well these past two plus weeks uh, some of our favorite stocks have been hit exceptionally hard and of course you know speculative stocks penny stocks and SPAC stocks are the first to go when you have a market dip and then the other stocks that were affected it seems were tech and stocks associated with at home working and the coronavirus shutting things down and moving people online so tech took a big hit and then the reopening stocks have been doing pretty good or trading sideways and up slightly it seems so that's great uh, that definitely affects our strategy going forward here on the podcast and i just came back from talking with some investor friends i think we have a good plan for the coming weeks and handling the market and you know just trying to pick good companies that you know even though they might be hit hard right now will have a great long-term potential so with, without that we'll get into the podcast a reminder that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only i'm not a uh, attorney financial advisor cpa lender or real estate agent and, and anything i say on this podcast should just be taken with a grain of salt not very serious at all and it's just kind of to introduce you to to, to stocks i do not recommend um mirroring my portfolio or doing exactly what i'm doing because everybody is in a unique position financially in life and therefore their trading should reflect that position so we'll get into it thanks everybody for listening Well, you try not to let it get to you, but watching a sea of red for two plus weeks can absolutely be demoralizing. A lot of the stocks we talked about on this podcast were hit hard, above 15%, some even higher in that 20% loss uh, range, which is, is, is a real bummer because a couple weeks ago, my portfolio was uh, the 22% ROI on the year. And you're like, well, I beat the S&P. I should just sell all my stocks right now unfortunately you get greedy and you don't do that and can't beat yourself up on that because it could have gone up just the same no way to time the market in that sense but yeah watching that sea of red is demoralizing and you know now you're you're watching your uh position year to date just drop (laughs) and uh fortunately monday we had a great day the market as a whole was cumulatively up Pretty much all the stocks we talked about on the podcast were up. I think uh, there's like a watch list where I, I have all the stocks that we had talked about. They were cumulatively up 5.5%. My portfolio alone saw a 6.5% increase in a single day. I do not recall a time in my investing history that I saw a 6.5% increase in a day. Not even when we had that 40% loss about uh, March and April last year. And, and that quick recovery afterwards, I don't think I ever got to 6% a day. I think I was maybe three or four some days, but not 6.5%. So that was great to see. Obviously, we had a little bit of a cool off today. Now, I don't know if you recall last January, this January, sorry, 2021, I said that I'm 
keeping all my stocks that I've sold, all my uh, dividends, all of the that liquid, uh, keeping about 30% of my portfolio liquid, ready to jump on opportunity. And it appears that we're nearing the bottom of this dip for now. So I've activated about 10% of that 30% liquidity, put it into several stocks. I'll go over those in a minute. Another 10% will likely be invested on Friday or Monday, depending on how the US February employment report goes. A lot of analysts that I tend to listen to are saying, hey, if this employment report is bad on Friday, you know, expect a, a more of a dip in the market. If it's a good employment report, things are looking positive. Looks like coronavirus is disappearing slowly. Uh, then, then I'll be putting maybe 10 to 15 percent back into that market, into the stocks we were going to talk about. So that'll probably be an interesting Sunday episode to see, hey, what happened on this this February U.S. employment report. So watching closely on that. Let's talk about some specific stocks now that I bought this week. Uh, so we'll just brush over all the stocks in the portfolio, really. Let's start with Lordstown Motors. That has obviously been one of the hardest hit stocks in my portfolio. Shed some 33%, being up at the 30s. Now we're down, you know, uh, at 2070 today at closing. So. We're starting to see a little bit of recovery in that Lordstown stock. Some people rebuying in. That loss was for several reasons. The market doing poorly as a whole. The Morgan Stanley downgrade citing execution risks, citing competitors. We covered all of Lordstown's competitors very heavily in earlier podcast episodes. And then there's been some photos of an endurance prototype that caught on fire that caught on fire in January. I mean, I saw the article in January, but for some reason it's just becoming a big deal now. The photo of the burnt up endurance continually recycled on the internet. And I can't help but think that will hurt the stock. And then of course, Workhorse not getting the USPS contract and Workhorse and Lordstown, I would say up to this point, we're very connected. Um, I believe with all the things that have happened with Workhorse, and we're going to talk about them in a second, and I'm not personally buying in, but I think we've finally seen Lordstown and Workhorse separate from each other as stocks more. Workhorse owns 10% of Lordstown, and even in their investor meeting on Monday, they were saying you know part of their profits was because of Lordstown Motors, but they seem to be separating a little bit in share value. You know, we've been seeing about a 7% increase these past couple days in Lordstown stock. I remain bullish on the stock. And, you know, we were saying, hey, should we buy some workhorse after it took that heavy hit? Is there any chance that because of political pressure, because of other things, that this contract could be renegotiated in workhorse favor? I think there is a possibility. I do not think there is a good chance that it will happen based on everything that's happened to the stock. And obviously, it's shed some 50% of its value in recent times. So I think when I look at execution of both of these companies, when I look at the market potential of both of these companies, I still very much favor 
Lordstown Motors over Workhorse. I think if I was going to put any money in Workhorse, I'm going to put it in Lordstown. And that is my opinion on the stock. Seeing as how many institutions are interested in Bitcoin now, we talk about Square, Tesla being the big one that bought a lot of Bitcoin um, recently, all over the news, and Bitcoin being very volatile recently, we decided that putting a small percent of our portfolio, I'm talking 3%, not in Bitcoin or any cryptocurrency directly, but in a ticker symbol M-A-R-A, which is a Bitcoin mining company, and that is Marathon Digital Holdings. It's trading at 36.55. It had a 5% drop today, but it's seen highs uh, up at $48 plus. So we think that there's a decent chance. It very much mirrors the value of Bitcoin, but if we think there's a decent, de- uh, excuse me, a decent chance that Bitcoin will go up and a lot of people put price targets at $70,000. So we think there's a a decent chance that putting a small percentage of our portfolio into uh, MARA or ticker symbol M-A-R-A will bring some nice returns over time. Our price target for the stock would be uh, right around $60. So a pretty high increase. We're setting a pretty high target for the stock. Very much depends on what Bitcoin does, public perception of Bitcoin, and institutional perception of Bitcoin. So closely watching Mara. I'm a big Kathy Wood fan. I own a lot of her ETFs. That's a decent part of my portfolio. Her ARK F, ARK G, ARK Q, ARK K, her PRNT ETFs. I own significant shares in all of those and have been rewarded as a shareholder, especially in 2020. She's also been buying workhorse stock, even after the announcement that the USPS contract isn't going to happen. So that was very fascinating. Maybe she knows something I don't. So reminder, always do your own due diligence. And she caught our attention. She's been buying a company called Palantir Technologies, ticker symbol PLTR. And This is a somewhat controversial company, a company that um, has a lot of information about it out on the interweb. A lot of YouTube people have done very in-depth analysis. I won't go too in-depth into the stock. And MSNBC has an entire documentary on the company and some of the things. And uh, they were criticized in the way they worked with some law enforcement agencies recently. So... You know, if your morals get entangled into the stock, you know, maybe it's not the one for you. Uh, Palantir Technologies is a public American software company that specializes in big data analytics. And the company's name is derived from the Lord of the Rings, where the magical Palantiri were seeing stones described as indestructible balls of crystal used for communication to see events in other parts of the world. The company is known for three projects in particular, Palantir Gotham, Metropolis, and Foundry. Palantir Gotham is used by counterterrorism analysts at offices in the United States Intelligence Community and United States Department of Defense. In the past, Gotham was used by fraud investigators at the Recovery Accountability and Transparency Board. Um, Gotham was also used by cyber analysis for information warfare. Fair monitor 
a lot of hedge funds, big companies use some of their other softwares I was reading. So they're really entrenched in analytics and uh, big data. I did not do the best job describing the stock, so definitely do your due diligence, but it's something that we were thinking that it, you know it could easily be a stock back up at $45 and uh, Kathy Wood's conviction for it and her ETFs have put some confidence in our investment into it. It's again, uh, just like uh, MARA, a very small part of our portfolio. We only bought, um, you know, I think like 40 shares or something. So a very small part of our portfolio, but something that took a big hit recently and um, dropped from all time highs and something that we thought good opportunity to investigate and invest in. Uh, next up is Star Peak Energy Transition Company, ticker symbol STPK. We've talked about this stock before and they have taken a big hit uh, in the past couple of weeks, just like Lordstown from $50 a share plus down to the 32.50 range. They took an eight and a half percent loss today. So this is a stock that I started buying into at $35 and I should have bought in much earlier when I found the company. I was pretty excited about it, but the more it drops, the more shares I've been buying, averaging uh, the, the cost per share that I own down. But it's a company that we think has a good long-term potential. Their revenue growth in the next couple years looks fantastic. And a lot of analysts have pointed out that they might be incredibly undervalued as a SPAC merger. Obviously, you know, look, we talk about Clover, we talk about some of the other SPACs that have been coming to like VGAC, for example, that were really underwhelming. I think STPK is much different and just reading from their website. So STEM is the company. STEM provides solutions that address the challenges of today's dynamic energy market. By combining advanced energy storage solutions with Athena, which is their software, a world-class artificial intelligence AI-powered analytics platform, STEM enables customers and partners to optimize energy use by automatically switching between battery power on-site generation and grid power. STEM solution help enterprise customers benefit from a clean, adaptive energy infrastructure and achieve a wide variety of goals, including expense reduction, resilience, sustainability, environmental and corporate responsibility and innovation. STEM also offers full support for solar partners interested in adding storage to standalone community or commercial solar projects, both behind in front of the meter. So just the more I read about this company, you know, I, I get very excited when I talk about Lordstown Motors. I really honestly believe that this company, STPK, may potentially become the largest position in my portfolio post uh, SPAC merge. I think it's it's a, looking like a, a hot company that Definitely, you know, if you're interested in investing in a green energy or solar play is one to definitely consider. CCIV and ticker symbol CLII, both stocks we've talked about on this podcast before. And one was the Lucid Motors uh, merging company, that's uh, Churchill Capital Corp 4. 
And the other one is climate change crisis, real impact. Number one, I believe it is. I don't have the, the information up in front of me. Both of those stocks have been hit hard. One, because the CCIV Churchill Capital Corp 4 and Lucid Motors SPAC merge deal was confirmed. So naturally it drops because everybody's collecting profits. Still a company that I think um, is worth owning in the long term. Oh, that's a small percentage of my portfolio now. I think it's right around uh, 2%. CLII was a larger percentage of my portfolio, but I've been selling it even at, I've been selling it at a loss just to buy companies like STPK and Mara. So we also decided to buy some tech stock that's been in the decline that we still think have a long-term potential as a company, NVIDIA, ticker symbol NVDA being one of them. We bought some shares. Um, that is not a cheap stock at $538 a share today at closing. It lost $14 per share. And then we also bought some AMD. I'm pretty bullish about AMD as a company in, yeah, so... Another stock that I've been shortening my position in is Alibaba. That is just been to buy some of these stocks we just previously talked about, Palantir, STPK. I've also been putting some of that money into my ARK ETFs. I've been buying some PRNT and putting some more money in the ARK G, which unfortunately, since I've gotten into ARK G, I've not done as well. I think I kind of came after the run-up. Buying some shares of Immersion Corp, which is at a very much a high discount. Rem reminder, they still have their earnings report uh, in March. I have to look up the exact date. I think that might be coming up pretty soon. And we're expecting a good earnings report from this company. We're expecting them to beat expectations for the reasons we talked about when I covered the stock much earlier in the podcast back when it was the Wednesday One and Wall Street podcast. Uh, one stock I've been selling out of just to collect some profits off of my initial investment, but I still think is a great company, is MP Materials. We'll do a more in-depth analysis of them maybe on Sunday. And that is really my portfolio. I'm trying to think if I missed anything. I, I said I wasn't going to be buying Workhorse. Nano Dimensions, ticker symbol NNDM is been hit pretty hard we talked about that stock i think when it was like 850 it ran up into the 1617 uh, might have even touched the 18 range but it's back down it closed at 981 today after a five percent loss we're definitely considering buying some nano dimension uh, stock now i i have to remember sometimes when i go buy these individual stocks that they're already locked up in my etfs sometimes so if you're, you have a lot of money in your ARK ETFs, um, you are probably invested in nano dimensions. And we've also been considering buying Tesla on the dip. I personally um, think there's better ways to make money than Tesla. But um, yeah, so and then, yeah, totally out of EGAC, made money on that stock only because we thought it might be merging with more exciting company, shall I say. It's all um, price action up to the $18, but it has been hit hard. All the SPACs really have. Back down at 11.30 today. Now, 
if you're into 23andMe, I, I really, you know, I'm just, again, I don't think 23andMe is a bad company. I just think there's better opportunities out there. But if you believe in 23andMe as a company, that's what VGAC is going to be in that SPAC merger with. So that might be one to look in at a significant discount. I mean, it's taken a big hit, you know, 60% loss, or excuse me, uh, 45% loss. So that's one to look into. Looking at other stocks, um, one stock I've been starting to do some research into, but really haven't gotten too far into, is Foresight Autonomous Holdings, ticker symbol FRSX. That might be a stock worth checking out. If you believe NEO's a good stock, they were up in the $60 range a couple weeks ago, and now they're back down to uh, closing today at $43.96. That might be a buy to look into that company, I'm trying to see if there's anything worth sharing on my watch list that I didn't mention. I think that's it for this episode. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I hope you got a, a lot out of this, and we'll, we'll hopefully talk to you on this Sunday. Roger Channon is not an attorney, financial advisor, CPA, lender, or real estate agent. The content on the Wednesday Wine and Wall Street podcast is for entertainment purposes only and shall not be construed as tax, legal, financial advice, or other and may be outdated or inaccurate. It is your responsibility to verify all information yourself. The content on this podcast and www.rogerchannon.com is for entertainment purposes only. Do not make financial decisions based on these videos. If you need advice, please contact a qualified CPA, attorney, financial advisor, etc.